I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Human Half Hour from Mel Plus. I'm joined this week and every week by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards. Jones, Imogen. Hello in a right royal way. God save the king. <laughs> That's what I say. So, yes, are you excited? I'm very excited. Actually, I'm very excited about what we're doing this evening. Yes, this evening. We're this... going to see somebody who is going to the coronation. We are, yes. To look at their outfit I mean, and their hat. Especially their hat. Mostly their hat. very exciting. Yes, I'm hoping to try on the hat. Yes. So that when I see it later, actually are going you up. You say, I've worn that hat. <laughs> exactly. That's about as close to the coronation as I'm going to get. Well, I have to say that, as you know, I've had dinner with Charles and Camilla twice. Well, hark at you. Yeah, hark at me. Yes. yes. I'm not invited, though. Obviously, I obviously didn't behave clearly, myself well enough. You clearly have a brilliant impression. <laughs> I obviously <laughs> blotted my coffee book. Did you drink too much and swear? I think I... Well, no. I no, mean, you You know didn't. what I'm like when I'm in the presence of... Authority. ...important people. I just become a sort of literally a teenager. I can't... It's just awful. I have sort of some form of... I think it's an illness. I'm sure that soon... You know, it's like that thing where people talk about people who can't stand the sound of people chewing having a specific name and being an actual illness I think there's going to be an illness that someone will discover which is that when you meet someone important you basically just make fart noises and I think it's just called immaturity yes, I, think, I think it is just immaturity anyway, yes yeah. so, maybe um, one day you will grow up I'm 56 though I mean <laughs> <laughs> you know one would think That's it might have happened help, by now no. no anyway I am actually really looking forward to it. another friend of mine who is not going went to the midnight rehearsal. How come? Were they just there walking past? No, she literally... Booked a ticket? No, no, no. She planned it and everything. Had an early night the night before. What? Yep, she and her husband went along and waited and then filmed all the soldiers doing the marching up and down at three o'clock in the morning. How extraordinary. It was actually quite magical. I'm sure it is, yes, by the moonlight. Yes, by the moonlight. Maybe they should do it at the middle of the night. That'd be rather beautiful, wouldn't it? It would. Yes. Anyway, so there's a lot of excitement. It's the soldiers that I think are rather gorgeous. I know, with all the marching and And also the the band. And and the shiny buttons and all that. Yes. I I love all of that. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. I'm less interested in the anointing. I'm a bit worried about Charles having to wear a sleeveless top for the anointing. A sleeveless top? Yes, I know, a sleeveless top. A tank top? At his age. Really? I mean, I wouldn't show my arms and I'm 56, he's 74, whatever the hell he is. Has he been working out? I have no idea. I really hope so. I know, yeah. So Goodness I gracious. Think I think he's shielded from view for that bit. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, it's, he's like some sort of sacrificial lamb, yes, is he? Yes, he has to be denuded. Oh my goodness me, I had no idea. He <laughs> does, he has to be I'm denuded. Just, I'm looking at this whole, whole process as a nom. And then Camilla's going to be anointed also by so the So she's going to be naked yes, as well? No, she's not going to be naked. No, stop it, stop laughing at the coronation. Um, I'm not. It's just... not funny, it's very solemn. Yes, oh, okay, um, so it's like being confirmed. So she's, she's getting a little bit of oil, but not too much because she's had her hair done. No, fair enough. So one doesn't want that I'd be awfully happen. annoyed if oh. I'd have my hair done and somebody oiled my <laughs> hours. <laughs> Hours with the L net. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, so that's going to happen. So as a result of the coronation being the coronation and everyone being excited about the coronation, mm. we're going to have a coronation special we today. We are. And there's no pink fizz or food no, or anything. I have had a coronation chicken sandwich, though, previously to coming into the studio. I can tell. From... <laughs> From Pret has got a new coronation chicken sandwich. Yum. It's delicious. Yum. So I can really recommend that. But we'll be talking to a historian, mm-hmm. an actual real life historian mm-hmm. called Dr. Ed Owens, about how this coronation will compare to those that came before. Yes. And we've got a very special guest who has flown in from Australia. Yes. Who is the owner of a gigantic collection of royal memorabilia and a super fan 
You have bought some of your own. Bits I have in really well, tragically you? bought some stuff in, so in the vain hope that it's going to be like antiques roadshow, and she's going to say, "I don't have that," and you're a genius for having kept that. And here's two thousand pounds. Yes, yes. Or she's going to wrestle it off me yes, as I leave. Exactly. Yes. Well, well, that's all to come. Our first guest today is Dr. Ed Owens. Ed is a historian and expert on the House of Windsor, whose books have examined the public's relationship with the royals and looked at what the future is for the monarchy. Dr. Ed Owens joins us now. Thank you very much for coming on. Now, I have a question for you, which is that I wrote my column today about Queen Camilla and about the fact that it's really quite revolutionary what's about to happen on Saturday, because never before has, I mean, the last heir to the throne who married a divorced woman ended up dying in Le Bois de Boulogne on his own in Paris and had to renounce the crown. So how has Charles managed this? How has he pulled this off? Well, very deftly. If we look back to the mid-1990s, it would never have seemed possible that we were going to see this day when King Charles would be crowned alongside Queen Camilla. But time has passed, and I think that is important. And over almost 25 years, the public image of the couple has transformed. Charles is notably a a much more popular figure than he was, especially in the immediate aftermath of Diana's death. And there's been a public warming to Camilla as well. When we look at opinion polls, we can still see that there is a, a Marmite element there in terms of public opinion. Well, we had a big Daily Mail poll on, I think it was Tuesday. And mm-hmm. what was interesting about that was that Camilla, I think, was around the sort of 32%. Mm. Diana, who's been dead for 25 years, was up at 63. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's yeah. yeah. extraordinary. No, I know. Weird. It is weird. And, it, and this kind of points to, I think, a significant legacy of Diana's in that one of the reasons why Camilla has never been fully accepted by the public is because, of course, she was always seen as the third person in that relationship mm, back yeah. in the 1990s, as she famously stated in that Panorama interview. But nevertheless, there's been some very deft uh, handling of this particular individual in terms of royal public relations over the last couple of years. We uh, saw at the start of 2022 in Elizabeth II's accession message to mark her 70 years since she came to the throne, she essentially nominated Camilla as as future Queen Consort. And Mm. this was a big breakthrough. Mm. A a huge deal was obviously made of it by the the media at the time, but there wasn't a huge amount of fuss from the royals. And this is because they wanted to present it as the natural evolution of Camilla's public Mm. rehabilitation. Originally... Back at the time when Charles and Camilla were married in 2005, there was quite a lot of talk of her being alongside her king, but probably in the role of princess consort. But lo and behold, she's gone from from that sort of background status to queen consort, and now she's going to be in full blazes queen. As I understand it, the late queen, Elizabeth II, said that she wanted Camilla to be queen consort. Exactly. Is that correct? That's correct. But she's now going to be queen. Is that different or is it the same thing? It's literally a a slightly different thing in terms of the linguistics, but it's exactly the same thing in mm. terms of her official status. She isn't well, legally. Let, it's the same thing. Legally, it's it the same thing. It doesn't mean it's not grander well, than Queen Consort. Well, let's look at it this way: Queen Elizabeth II was monarch, and her consort was Philip, Prince Consort. When you have a king, you can have a Queen Consort who is simultaneously queen, but. She doesn't have, Camilla will not have the constitutional responsibilities, the political responsibilities of Charles. She doesn't have that role of principal monarch. But nevertheless, she will be known as queen. 
So why was Philip never known as king? I don't yeah. understand. Why wasn't Philip? I suppose king is better than a queen. I don't know. In I mean, top trumps. Exactly that image. It's not. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. It's about top trumps. And in terms of station and in terms of the sort of the protocol around this, a queen who is in the direct line of succession must always be seen as above her consort. You can't have a king consort because that officially would, because he, he would have the name king, that would put him mm. above the queen and it goes back to the Victorian period because there was this mm. question as to what to do with Prince Albert when he married in, mm. into the royal family, marrying Queen Victoria. And he was mm. the first real prince consort of note. And mm. Philip took that title in 52 as well. Can I ask you a question? How about the slimming down of the monarchy? Part of me oh. thinks you should keep... Princess like... of Wales is very slim. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I keep thinking if they keep cutting it all away. There's going to be nobody to do any waving on the balcony. I don't mind there are a couple of minor royals because they're good for nice pretty photographs and mm. nice dresses and things, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. I think, is he cutting it too lean is the question, I suppose. There was always this talk about Charles wanting to, to slim down, to streamline the monarchy. And yet, quite a lot of streamlining has taken place really without him doing very much over the last uh, four or five years, most notably with Andrew, but also Harry and Meghan. And of course, mm. we no longer have either the Duke of Edinburgh or Elizabeth II. So f there were sort of five of your principal actors mm. that have suddenly gone. Mm. So quite a lot of streamlining has taken place uh, sort of as a natural course of events, which to some extent makes Charles's job slightly easier. I mm. think... Of course, the original plan was for him to be supported by his two trusty lieutenants, his sons, Harry and William, and their, and their consorts and their partners. But that hasn't worked out. So what Charles has had to do is to look at other members of his family. You know, he's got the tireless workhorse that is Princess Anne at his side. And Who her, says uh, that she doesn't think a slim-down monarchy is a good indeed. idea. Yes. Interviewed yeah. recently saying that, wasn't she? And I think she was making this same kind of point, that if you want a working monarchy, if you believe in this mm. idea that the monarchy has a, an important public role to play in terms of fulfilling activities, engagements, mm. duties, honours investitures, then you do need an assemblage of individuals who's going to carry out that work. As you say, you cut it too tight to the bone and you just don't have anybody to do the work. But I mean, like, for example, it seems to me, just looking at the guest list that's going to the coronation, we seem to be acquiring a lot of extra royals. So we've got the whole of Camilla's family coming mm. with all the little grandchildren, all the, well, they're not actually very little, they're all sort of teenagers, all mm. the teenage grandchildren. So actually, it's not slimming down at all. Well, then, but bigger. then they're it's not just... going to use that brilliant word to balcony, aren't they? I don't think they are. They're are not they going, going to balcony. I mean, they might. Who knows? They're I don't not balcony. Know. What do you think, Ed? I don't think so. I think this is going to be a very carefully orchestrated day. They might prove me and others wrong. They might present a unified, blended royal family on the balcony. Mm. That would be mm. an interesting first. But I, well, think, I think what's more likely to happen is that this is going to be a statement of, of things to come. And I think mm. given that there has been a lot of exposure in and around royal finances, the tax system that is connected to the royal family, I think they will want to present themselves as as worth it, as useful, as economical in terms of that Value public for image. money. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, I think, again, responses to this piece that I wrote today about this whole question of Camilla being queen, mm. lots of people emailing saying that lots of people like Camilla. They think she's, and I mean, I've met her and had supper with her. She's a lovely woman, mm. really lovely, and completely the best thing that ever happened to Charles. And it's an absolute tragedy that he wasn't allowed to marry her in the first place because I think things would have gone very differently, actually. And I think that perhaps he would have, you know, had a much easier time and we wouldn't have had all the nightmare with Harry and everything. But it's interesting that a lot of people said 
actually, Queen Elizabeth was my queen. And I'm going to really struggle with this new arrangement. Mm. Mm. I mean, how do you think it's going to pan out for them? Do you think it'll just become accepted? I mean, is this an important moment for them in terms of, you know, the sort of mood music and how the country is going to adapt to the new situation? I think we are starting to adapt to that situation. I think you're absolutely right that Elizabeth II has left this gaping hole at the, the centre of this institution and also at the centre, arguably, of the, of the Commonwealth. And that's another question for another day. I think you're absolutely right, Sarah, that it's a great tragedy for the monarchy that the relationship between the, the king and queen was, was never permitted in the first instance. Mm. Because what it meant was that we know the story of Diana and we don't need to dwell on Diana, but... She embodied monarchy in the middle of the 1980s and the early 1990s. And, and her tragic fall from grace and then her death, that also, that, that really undermined the institution. And it's taken 25 years for Charles to really recover from that. Yeah. Um, as we started our conversation saying, it's, it's almost remarkable that, that Camilla is being crowned as queen mm. alongside her king on Saturday. I think this is a difficult moment of transition, not least because... Older members of the British public do feel at a loss because Elizabeth II isn't there. They don't have mm. the same sense of affection, at least the deep sense of affection that they had for her as they for Charles. I also think that the Meghan and Harry story that's been going on now for three or four mm. years, that's done quite a lot to sort of take the wind out of the sails of the monarchy through this period of modernisation as well. And I suppose most difficult of all, and I've been doing some writing about this recently, is how the king tries to connect with younger people. You would have thought mm. that this theme of environmentalism that he's been promoting so long is the sort of thing that he could connect with a younger demographic over. But as it stands, they just do not seem as enamoured to the institution of monarchy mm. Mm. as they once were. And I don't think it's personal, actually. I don't think it's necessarily levelled directly at the king. I think there's a bit of disenchantment that's setting in both with monarchy and I think more broadly with the current socio-political status quo. It's a big idea, but I think that has set in in the last couple of years. But I also think we've now got three men in suits. And so visually, it's a lot less exciting. I mean, mm. in the olden days, it was quite fun to be able to say, you know, oh, she's wearing turquoise and mm. look at the jewels on her. And mm. there's none of that to go with. It's just, oh, here he is again in a suit. That looks nice. And then you've got William, who's also in a suit. And then you've got George, who will also be in a suit. Mm. Visually, those sort of fabulous glamour shots that mm. we used to get with, you know, the big family with all the kit and caboodle. And it's, there's a lot less kit and caboodle. And that slightly is a, a little bit disappointing as well, I think. Well, it is if you like right. hats. I do think people are, are engaged. Yes, I mean, I think, yeah. I think, you know, there's an element of the coronation being sort of, you know, the royal family's Met Gala, if you like. Yes, you know, you exactly. want everyone wants to know what everybody's wearing and whether or yes, not they're going to show up in the right thing. Yeah. I mean, I think interesting going back to the sort of decision not to allow Charles to marry Camilla in the first place. I mean, whose decision was that? We think it was probably Lord Mountbatten. Do you think that's why his nephew or whatever his son hasn't been invited to the coronation? Hasn't he? Well, I think there's a Mountbatten missing. Yeah, mm. and the relationships between the Mountbattens and the Windsors were always there was always complicated relationships. But I think the phrase went something like, this is Mountbatten to Charles as a young man. Sow your wild oats widely. Go and enjoy yourself, but you must settle down with the right kind of woman. And what he meant by that was someone with a sort of an unblemished record, without yeah. boyfriends, without history. I mean, the history. tragedy also, of course, the other tragedy was, of course, Margaret. The Queen's sister, who, yeah. I mean, who wasn't allowed to marry that nice man. What was he called? Townsend, Peter Townsend. Yeah, and she ended up marrying 
Snowden. Snowden, who was horrible yeah. to her by all accounts. Well, they had a very, yeah, very difficult relationship. Was that man Batten as well? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is one of the, the great problems of our personality-led monarchy. You know, yeah. when it works, it works really well because we're human. We identify with other humans. It's the power of the, the idealized image of the family. It's, <laughs> even when the stories aren't so good, aren't so positive, we still identify with the narrative. That's one of the attractive mm. qualities of the family monarchy, if you like. But when it goes really wrong... And when those personalities, you know, either don't get they, what they want, there's an unhappy ending, a tragic fall from mm. grace, it can leave a bad taste in the mouth of the public. And mm. it happened again with Harry and Meghan. They were extremely popular up until 2020. Mm. And mm. again, they did much to undermine this idea that, that, you know, that you had this new emergent family. And on the story goes. Mm. Endlessly, endlessly. I mean, I always wonder whether influence of the Queen you know, when, when she had to make the decision about Charles, she was much younger. Maybe she was just taking advice much more. And I think as she got older, she made her own decisions and her own calls, didn't she? And I think she was quite generous and actually quite progressive in all of these areas. Mm. I mean, she wasn't a sort of stick in the mud particularly, was she? I mean, she had her own model of marriage, which had been very successful. But I mean, I think she understood that other people's lives weren't necessarily as straightforward. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think... Elizabeth and Philip didn't have a particularly easy time in the middle of the 1950s, mm. but they reached a kind of accommodation in terms of their different roles. She, at least in public, she set an exemplary example mm. to members of the public in terms of a Christian marriage, Christian family. When we look now sort of more seriously at the biographies that have been written about the former monarch that are being written at the moment, the one thing that comes up again and again and again, and Charles even said this in his interview with Jonathan Dimbleby back at the start mm. of the 1990s, he said that basically his parents had screwed him up. And the reason why that was was that they hadn't shown him enough affection as a child, and then they'd overcompensated in, in adulthood, with yeah. the exception of his relationship with Camilla. But they gave in to his every other whim, and it was the same with Andrew. It's been the same mm. with Edward. Mm. Quite indulged as, as adults. And that, again, that's caused problems. It's just a sad story that they didn't get to be together in the first place. It but is, yeah. as we see, with a happy ending, it seems. And lots of grandchildren running around, more than they would have otherwise have had, I suspect. <laughs> well, thank you, Ed. Are you going to be watching? Are you going to be commentating? What are you I doing? I will. I'll be doing some commentating and I'm hoping that I might... Are you going to Coronation Quiche? Coronation Quiche. I will, certainly be doing, I will be certainly be doing some of that. And hopefully I'm looking forward to trying to immerse myself in the crowds, listening into what people are saying. That's always the yes. most interesting bit for me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to two things, which is all the... Marching soldiers, because mm. I always like it. I always like that. Did you see? Were you be in the crowd, the... Sarah? Where will you be watching it? Well, I'll probably be in the office because I'll probably be required <laughs> to write about it. So I'll just be sitting watching it on the television, eating a sandwich. I should imagine rather, rather chicken glamorously. What are you doing, Imogen? I'm going to an actual party. Oh God, of course you are. She's going to a party. <laughs> are you wearing a hat? No, no. I've got to wear red, white, and blue though. Have you? Yes. I know quite a few people who are actually going to the coronation, and they've promised to tell me. Oh yes, lots yes, of yes. Details. Very nice hats they've got. Very nice hats, exactly. Indeed. Yes, it's a good cashing in time for yes. hatters. Yes, yes. And people who make expensive suits. Anyway, thank you, Dr. Ed. And we will put the details of your books in the show notes and also a link to your website. Great. Thanks very much for having me. Our next guest is a collector of royal memorabilia whose collection has swollen so much that it's taken over her house and turned it into a museum. Jan Hugo joined us now from Australia. So have you come over for the coronation? Yes. Is that why yes. you're here? Yes, as soon as we heard the date, we booked the ticket. Oh my God, here we came. Are you invited? No. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I was, but I don't think you the invitation the, arrived. You left too yeah. soon. You didn't exactly. check your spam inbox. That was the problem. You should oh. have checked your spam. I, knew there was I don't a... think they're on email. 
They no, were... they sent out the save the dates on email. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. I must have missed it. Yeah, I must oh. have missed it. So do you know where you're going to stand? Right in front of the BBC box. They've oh. saved us a spot. Have they? They have. Oh, that's, that's very nice it. of them. Well, how have you bribed them for that? <laughs> well, we're going to be on the You're going to be on the BBC. Telly for an interview Excellent. after the coronation. Okay, brilliant. Oh, that's fantastic. And so you don't need to bring a sleeping bag to sleep no, outside like no, everybody else. I couldn't have bought one anyway. The suitcases had to be pretty empty to take everything home. Right. So let's start from the beginning. Yes. So when did you become a royalist? Why did you become a royalist? Well, and how did you start your collection? It all started by accident. Back in the 80s, we had our first daughter. And Diana came along and became engaged to Charles. Yeah. And we got a commemorative coin for the baby. Right. So we put that away. Yeah. Back then you put your film in the chemist to be yeah. developed. Yes. So we got a free set of royal wedding glasses as a promotion. <laughs> and that is how it started. I had two things. <laughs> along came the plate and I thought, oh, that's pretty. Let's put it in the cupboard with the glasses. And then I added the cup, the spoon, the plate, the thimble, the Tea towel. And how much have you got now? Do you know the actual number in no, your collection? I gave up about 10,000 pieces. 10,000 pieces. 10, how big is your house? <laughs> it's getting smaller by, <laughs> by the minute. I should say that your husband is here. Yes. He David. Is. He's sitting very quietly I imagine long suffering corner. is often what people I, say. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> He's Look, he's marvellous. Everything I want, he does. <laughs> he's the electrician for the cabinets with all the china. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah, the lights go out, that's who you call. And what's the favourite era? Because there's obviously eras to go through. Yes, definitely. Look, I do like the really old pieces. Right. So from Queen Victoria back. Oh, those are quite expensive. Well, in Australia, we probably pay 10 times the amount as yes. what you can get here. Do you, yes. But where do you buy them? Sort of car boot sales and things like that? Yeah, sometimes you can get them from deceased estates, secondhand yeah. shops, antique shops, that sort of thing. But I bought three pieces of Queen Victoria things the other day. Wow. And they were like £25. Right. So for me at home, that's mm. I would pay $250. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. So have you yes. just been shopping non-stop since you got here? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what's your favourite find here so far? Oh, well, the two Queen Victoria jugs that I bought. Oh, my God, already. Oh, Where did I you find just, them? Yeah. In an antique shop in, I think mm. it was called The Barn in Middleton. Oh, as in Kate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I don't think she was behind the counter at the time. <laughs> well, Dan, can I show you a few bits that I've as got? Imogen has brought along. So I don't collect memorabilia, but I did in a car boot sale the yes. other day buy a very nice coronation biscuit tin right. queen's coronation biscuit okay, tin yes. little round i think it was actually a chocolate tin oh okay possibly very possibly. sweet very nice and people go to her house and they admire it oh they do yeah good they are some of them are actually lovely little works of art aren't they especially the older ones i've got quite a few mm. there's hundreds and hundreds of mm. tins in i used place. to have one that played god save the queen when you spun it round which i thought was quite good i hope yeah. you've still got it <laughs> no i gave it to somebody oh yeah, you'd you'd like that, wouldn't you? I certainly would. <laughs> so this, I've got one here. This is this is your basic. I feel like we're at Antiques Roadshow now. Oh, basic, yeah, yeah, better, you, best. You, yes, basic, better, best. So this is your basic. So this is a Marks and Spencers, very basic Queen Elizabeth seventy platinum jubilee tin. It's a biscuit tin. It's lovely. Do you like it? It's a little bit dense. Was it shortbread? Was it was shortbread? It was yes. shortbread. Yeah. It's always, so and you've eaten the shortbread. Yeah, oh, yes, of course. Naturally. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. 
I'm no, short, no one ever eats shortbread unless it's a jubilee. See, look, Jan's face is actually lighting Jan, up Jan, at this. Jan is actually <laughs> displaying it and thinking about getting David. David's thinking more about the shortbread. Ah, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen this one. This oh. tin is something that we didn't get in Australia. Oh. So it's very special. Oh. But you don't have Marks and Spencers in Australia. No, it's not no. fair. Okay. You should really have it. And Do you know what? You had Cadbury tins here for yes. the Platinum Jubilee. Yes. And I tried so hard purple to get and gold. them. Uh, purple and silver. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have Cadbury in Tasmania. We had nothing. They did not make one thing for the Jubilee and think, then not think, one thing for the coronation. Do you think they think that the Australians are not very into the royals? But there's a kind, I don't know what... Oh, I send the, the emails off yeah. and they just don't even listen. No. Okay, well, Jan, this is going to blow your mind. <laughs> Imogen's reaching into her, this is, into her bag. This, this is fantastic. Oh, I'm this getting is, very excited This already. is a Heinz salad queen. You can see what they did that for the Platinum Jubilee. That is a Jubilee also, salad queen. It's also how old? <laughs> Look at that. Isn't that rocking? It's, it's, I would never have seen anything like that. That's just genius, that. isn't it? It's got a little crown on it and it says 70. <laughs> I think the salad cream's gone off. But I think anyway. it might have done, yes. yes. I think what the sell by date The colour's not real good, is it? It's not. What, the colour of the cream? No. Yes. No, yes, it's no I haven't off. opened it. It's virgin. It's <laughs> mint condition. Yeah. And it's do you know <laughs> that there's a Heinz, I think it's a ketchup, that's out for the coronation. <gasps> Don't tell me that. You I'll need go and to get look, it. You yes. need to look that up. Yes. I think it was £22. You no. could buy it online. Right. But it's very heavy, so I, I can't say, take it home. I went to three supermarkets to get that. I did, especially because I, I saw it. I would have too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, this is I only going to get and better. Jan are kind of, I'm just going to leave the podcast now and <laughs> yeah. you guys are just going to do okay, it Okay, Jan, this, okay, this actually might be worth something. Okay. Okay, I'm hoping, relying on you for this. So this is, oh, look at her face. I'm just going to describe it. It's a mug, a large mug. I'd say it's a pint mug of tea, mm. isn't it? It's a good solid proportioned amount of tea. It's a sort of off-white with gold edging and beautiful black. Um, it's actually quite classy. Yes, it's very classy. It's, it's, got it's a sort of, very beautiful. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's got a, it's what got do a you think, of, Jan? It's exactly the same as mine. Oh, oh you've got Jan, one. Jan, you've got one. You've got one. Oh. And it says, God save the Queen on the inside. So what do you think? So how gorgeous. much was that then? Said, it's a Wedgwood. Look, I've had mine for so long, I couldn't even tell you. So this you, was but, in, okay. in 1977 it was issued. Yes. Yes. No, so no, no, this is properly old, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. For me, that was probably about $150 or no. something back then. Wow. So what would you have paid? It was a present, actually. It was a oh, present, okay. so I don't know. I'm actually hoping you might tell me uh, well, how much a, my presents were. Just wait until you see what else she's got in the bag, Jan. You're going to be so excited. I, I think this is actually Everything really is just wonderful yeah. because... Looking at all the prices here to what I have to pay, yes. I'm just ready to pack up and come here to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Jan. Okay, now this is my last thing that I bought. I don't know if you know this, but when I was a child during the Silver Jubilee, every single child in Britain was given one of these mugs. I missed out because I wasn't living in, in this country because I was living abroad. I thought you were going to say because you're not old enough. Yeah. No, no, well, I am very look old. Look at this. I got one of them too. Oh! <laughs> As a matter of fact, I've probably got about six or seven oh, of those. Oh, shush. I thought that was the best thing. So uh, we thought this was going to be super no, rare. No, is that really not? But you've actually told me something. I didn't know the children were given those. Yes, and primary school. Okay. That was a present. Sweet. Isn't they sweet? See, is that, it's, I don't know for the listeners. It's another mug, obviously, because you're just me. And it's earthenware and it says, the Queen's Silver Jubilee. It's actually on rather it. beautiful. And it's rather lovely. It's got a sort of crest on it and Elizabeth II on it. Yeah. See, so that brings me to something else. I actually asked our Member of Parliament what our children were going to get for the coronation. And? 
zip. <gasps> Again, nothing. Which yes. is so annoying. No, we haven't. Our children aren't getting anything. No, from the children aren't going to get a coin or no, a, or a card. Or... No, no, they should, shouldn't they? Oh, yeah. Of course they should. Everyone's missed a trick. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, really because have. the thing is, everyone would have complained about it being a waste of money because it's cost of living, isn't it? But cost it's a once in a lifetime thing. You I know, yes. to have a, something commemorative. I, mean, I think if you're going to go for a royal, if you're going to have a royal family, you should just go all out. I just think you know you're either. There's in no right point in a bargain. No, there's no point in going halfway. No, I completely going agree with you. Cock. I completely agree. So you've got six of these, then? Oh, at least uh, I've got lots. I'm so I'm feeling really unspecial. I now. had to make a set. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> also so what, is the, what is the prize thing in your possession? So if the house is burning down mm, and da- because, because of David, apart from the because husband, David yes. has badly wired the lightings in the display, <laughs> yes, it, it could happen. Um, it could happen. What would you save? Okay, all the corgis would probably come first. You don't actually have real corgis? No, they're stuffed. But, oh, okay. Oh, I thought, but there's I thought, about eight of them, and sorry, I love but them. But they're, okay. they're, 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 ta- they're not. They're not. They're not taxidermy corgis. Oh, no, they're, that would be genius. No. <laughs> They They're actually the came actual in the Queen's corgis that, that you've bought. <laughs> but those corgis might be replaced now with the Spaniels. Yes. King Charles oh, has yes. the Spaniels. Yes. So he does, yes. yes. That's true. Corgis will have to move over off the yes. lounge for the Spaniels. But what would I save? That's a hard question. We had a fire in our street a couple of years ago and it got to five houses Ooh. down and the fire brigade said, just be prepared. We think... The wind will blow it the other way. You're okay, but just in case. And I walked inside and threw my hands up in the air and went, oh, my God, where do I start? What do I do? So I don't know the answer to that question. There's 27 cabinets, 10,000 pieces. Wow. And I wouldn't know where to start. Do you have a massive wheelbarrow on standby? <laughs> no, but that's a good thought. I could do okay, that when I go home. Just keep idea. it in the hall. If it ever yes. goes wrong, just shove everything in the wheelbarrow. Get the... Everything else is what, in the what's hall. What's the most sort of crazy thing that you've got? And what's the most expensive thing? Yeah, that what you've have you? Got? What is the most? Okay. I mean, and obviously, your husband's here, so you, yes, we're accepting that you might lie about the all most the you've spent all the time. All the time. Does she? I mean, do you go home and say, "Oh, this little thing." Two dollars actually. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, true. <laughs> he just gets the credit card bill, so he really knows about it all anyway. The funniest thing I've got is little wind-up royals. Oh yes, There's the oh, Queen yes. Elizabeth, Philip. And yeah, I think it's Charles and Camilla, and you wind them up, and they sort of, you know, what all they in plastic? they little plastic wind-up yes, toys. Brilliant. I, I just love those. Yes. But the most expensive thing, there's probably lots of Royal Dalton figurines. Right. Uh, you know, all of yes. that sort of thing. Beautiful loving cups. Did you ever collect things out of the back of magazines? You mean like you, a coupon to send away they, for no, something? But you know when they used to do those sort of things? Well, I nearly bought in a Daily Mail plate yeah, exactly. that I've got. Yeah, I've actually <laughs> bought, there, you can buy, there are three Coronation Daily Mail tea towels, which I have ordered. Okay. Oh, okay. So again, in Australia, we don't get these. Yeah, but if you're here now and you order them now. You're being really short-changed, aren't you, Jan, yeah. in we Australia? Are. Yeah. And I do have a friend that lives in Surrey. Right. And often if I see something that I can order, they won't post right. to Australia. They go to his house. Yeah. And then when his mother comes home, <laughs> she brings it all back. So have you seen those Emerald Bridgewater mugs? Yes. Have you got those yet? Not yet. They're no. really hard to get. There's a biscuit box. A John Lewis one, which is totally sold yes. out. And they said they've got these beautiful Emma Bridgewater ones, which says three cheers for Charles on mm. them. They're impossible mm. to keep them actually in stock, is what okay. they said. So you're obviously a, a massive royalist. I mean, back home, is this a kind of sentiment shared by many or are you? Are I you would in- say it's 50-50. Yeah. You know, at one stage there, that 
um, a lot of people wanted to become a republic. Mm. But now it's the last poll they did was like 60 mm. and 40 mm. for the republic. So it does change. I think as the generations come along. Yeah. And William and Catherine probably make that influence yeah. on the younger So do they have quite a lot of cut through over there? Because I think a lot of people loved Elizabeth II. Yes. And I think they were very, very sort of fond of her and just, you know, she was just there. A lot of people had the respect for Queen yes. Elizabeth, mm. even if they wanted to become yeah. a republic. Mm. And I think that's great. It's yeah. like coming over here, we're hearing all these things that people don't want Charles to be king. Mm. Well... You know, everyone has their opinion. If that's not what you want, just respect mm. other people's opinion. Yes, yeah. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. thing. Just mm. sit back and enjoy it. And, and do you think Charles will get the same recognition and love that his mother had or do you think that he's got a bit of work to do? Well, there's a lot of people that love him in Australia but there's a lot of people okay. that still look at the Diana business and, yeah. you know. So I tried to say to people... It's still a love story. Mm. He loved Camilla mm. from way oh, back, I know. and I mean, he, he wasn't has, allowed. He, to I mean, me. he has moved yeah, well, heaven and earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, he has never. moved heaven and earth. In fact, our previous guest was talking about that. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, and I just think if he'd been allowed to marry her in the first place, things would have been a lot exactly. easier. Exactly. And people go, "Oh, we wouldn't have William and Harry." Mm. Well, you, but we wouldn't know any different. We'd have somebody else. Different timeline. I've sort of seen William when he came to Sydney. Oh, yes, gorgeous. I was all dressed up with the flag and the umbrella because yeah. I stood in the sun for about eight hours and 40 degrees. And oh, gosh. as he walked past, I screamed out and he looked at me and burst out laughing. So <laughs> I thought, well, at least I've got a laugh in a way. What are you wearing for the big day? I've made a dark blue shirt and I've sequenced all down the front as a Union Jack. So oh, I will actually brilliant. have that on underneath this. Uh, what's David wearing? Not much. I didn't really <laughs> worry about him. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Thank you for coming in. My pleasure. I hope you have a wonderful coronation. I certainly will. I'm having a great time already. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces and more. If you would like to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag. Imogen at that very long thing that's got lots of books <laughs> in it. Just no one cares about no one my cares. thing. I have emailed Elon and he still hasn't unlocked your account. I know, yeah, I know. You've been listening to the Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening. <laughs>